You are listening to The Exchange. I am your host, Dr. Lorraine. Good day, everybody. I am so happy to have my guest with me today, Paula Nielsen. She is here and is going to talk to us about a very important subject about finding healing after divorce. So thank you so much, Paula, for being my guest today. It is an honor to have you. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, first, I'd like to say thank you, Dr. Lorraine, for having me today and allowing me to talk about healing from divorce and my book. Well, I know this is a subject that maybe I, I feel like we don't talk enough about, especially in church circles. And so this is a much needed topic. So thank you so much. And we're going to talk a little bit about the book that you wrote um, about divorce care. But I wanted to first start off with just letting our listeners know a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, your family, your ministry, your work and and your education and anything else you want to share with us today. Sure. I am a third culture kid and I grew up in Norway and Sweden where my parents were missionaries. And so, but now I live in St. Louis and I have a remote position working with medical data. Um, In my church, I facilitate divorce care classes and assist with grief share as needed. I have two grown sons, one daughter in love and uh, a, a grandson who's 15 months Um, And most of my family live up north in uh, North Dakota and Minnesota, uh, where literally the air hurts your skin. So I am (laughs) thankful to be living here in in the winter. (laughs) Oh, yes, I I know that is. I know how that is. Um, Yeah, I'm an Arizona born and raised gal. So anything goes below like 65. I'm like, ah, (laughs) yes. Definitely. And we're like, this is so warm. Right. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. And, living, and I had lived in St. Louis and you and I just kind of mentioned that we had lived in St. Louis and sort of the same time because you were working there and doing some stuff there while I was there and we didn't quite know each other at that time. So, but I'm so thankful that you are on the podcast today and we we're able to connect. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned also too, and I'll just um, put this as a side note that you said that you do the divorce care and the grief care at your church. And so those are things that, um, do you have curriculum? Is there your own curriculum that you use? We, we use the divorce care program that There's is that. out there. You can just Google it and the grief share program. And I am such a fan of both of these programs for anyone that's been divorced, for anyone that has lost a spouse, a child through um, a, a friend um, through uh, grief or, or divorce. Awesome. That that's good to know to all of our listeners. Um, so I wanted to talk about you did write the book um that you sent to me and I read and I devoured in one night, by the way. It was Thank so good. Hello Life, a Christian guide for finding hope, healing, and happiness after divorce. So I just wanted you to just to briefly mention to us what led to the writing of this book. How did this book come to be? Sure. In the course of getting my bachelor's degree in communication after divorce, I also got a minor in English. And some of my English professors told me that I had uh, a talent, if you will, in writing. And so, and it was something that I have felt passionate about over the years. Um, I have had a blog. And so I, I just, I love writing. Um, so through the process of divorce, I began journaling and those journal pages turned into Hello New Life, a published book. 
-hmm. So there we have it. And I was thinking to myself, when I started reading, I mean, the very first chapter, I'm like, she has got some talent for writing. It is so good. And then I started seeing and realizing that you have written a lot of things for like Ladies Ministry, Ladies Prayer International. So you're going to see Paula's name. If you already have it, I know you have. If you haven't, you are definitely missing out. But you write so many different things for our organization. Um, that is such a blessing. So yes, Thank and you. I also mentioned too, I also saw that in the back of your book that you're a life coach. Is that correct? Do you still yes. do that? Okay. Yes, I do. And I, uh, most of my clients come, come from divorce care or grief share. Okay. They're okay. like, I just, I want to stay connected to you and we connect further that way. That is so awesome. That's a, such a great ministry to do. And just something that you do is a job as well, as well mm-hmm. as, as well as ministry. Yes. So I wanted to talk about, cause I've got the book with me and I mentioned to you earlier that I highlighted so many things because even though I have never been married and have never been divorced, um, there's so many things that just spoke to me. And I know that even if, you know, you pick this book up and you're not divorced, just like me, you're going to, you're going to pick a lot of things up and going to be like me with the orange highlighter at like one in the morning, like, Oh Lord, that that's so good. That's so good. Writing notes. <laughs> So on page four, um, I wanted to say you talk about facing grief and you just talk about how that you do the grief share kind of thing and help with that divorce care. Um, So you talk about facing grief and going to grief classes. And so I'm going to read a quote on page four of your book. Um, It says, grief I learned has many layers. It is constant, exhausting, repetitive, and troubling. I needed to grieve my loss, not yearn for my old life. So I wanted to see if you could tell us what that experience was for someone who has never gone through a divorce, because if you've never been through a divorce, like I have, you kind of think, oh, you know, and you compared it many times to the grief of a lost loved one. You even said modern day widow is one of the things that you mentioned that I picked up. So can you just kind of describe what that was like, what that grief felt like to you after your divorce? Sure. Well, a person going through divorce is first off grieving for a person who is still alive. Mm -hmm. And there are many dynamics that go with that. Enter heavy grief. And grief was something that up to that point, I had never really experienced to that magnitude before. Also enter the dark side of nostalgia. And in my book, I like to personify her um, um, and cause she is nostalgia is someone who really the dark side of nostalgia, someone who really wreaks havoc with forward movement to illustrate this further. I, I would love to just read a short excerpt from chapter two. Um, and it's just the very beginning of the chapter and, um, the revolving door won't budge. I push with all my might. Then I see her. She is pushing with all her might too, in the opposite direction toward me. We struggle. I lose my footing. She gains ground. Then I gain my footing once again, pushing her backward. It's the one step forward, two step back kind of uh, dance with neither advancing. That person in the partition just ahead of me stops. Her hands on the glass panel in front of me are similar to my own. She looks me straight in the face. She looks just like me. The gravity of the situation is this. I can't move forward to the new life. She can't go back to the old one. I am blocking her and she is blocking me. I will never be victorious if I persevere in this manner. And here's Mm -hmm. the thing. So I had to learn to stop yearning for an old life and look to the good of my new life. I like to think of, uh, of that 
that God went back to the drawing board and designed a new life for me. He did a new thing. And that's a promise from scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like I mentioned, divorce care, I attended divorce care and tried to take one thing away from each class because I was, you know, I was in the depths of despair. So just one thing I I, I could uh, try to think of, think on. And that one thing became a treasure trove of healing. Um, I think one of the like pieces of advice that I gained from one of these classes is one is a whole number, you know, because in marriage, we focus on the two becoming one. And and that's a very beautiful thing. But when you separate either through divorce or by death, it feels as though you are incomplete, that you uh, become a half a person. And so I had to learn that one was still a whole number. So just so many things that you you have to relearn, I, I, mm-hmm. I guess. And, you know, you mentioned about a lot of the very uh, beautiful things that are said, like during a wedding, my friend and I were talking about this. And I remember um, hearing about a wedding, you know, and they're going on and on about now you are a complete person. Now you are a whole person because you have found the one. And that's very beautiful. It's very poetic, you know, but in the end of the day, it's really not true. I mean, yes, two lives become one, but we don't become complete the day that we find somebody. We are already, like you said, we're already a complete person. We're already one person, uh, a whole person. And so that is kind of a different thing that we really have to you know, focus on, remember, like, no, you're not an incomplete person, right? And you've always been complete. And I always think about the scripture, you are complete in him and him in yep. him. Yep. And, and poetic is all that is. And <laughs> we are only complete in him. Exactly. I love that. I love that you mentioned that. Um, so I'm going to go to um, page 122. And you talk about the easy path and the hard path after divorce. And so I'm going to read this here. It says there is an easy path after divorce. There is a hard path. The easy path is where one doesn't grieve, but jumps from relationship to relationship, looking for that feel good emotion often mistaken for love. A relationship of this time is mere of this type is merely a bond, a bandage for a gaping wound. So, you know, you mentioned about that and there are, And I I do believe it's true. There's two types of ways that people do divorce, the hard way and the easy way. Can you kind of just expound on that? Sure. So I love to study the lives of impressionist painters. Uh, One woman in particular, Mary Cassatt, she was an American who applied for an art school in Paris, but Mm -hmm. she was denied um, entrance because of her gender. Instead, she shook off the discipline appointment. And, um, I, I, my sister, her advice to me is always the same, shake it off. It's Mm. good advice for irritations for daily irritations, but probably not so much for the deep matters of the heart that we have to, you know, do some heart work with, but Cassatt was able to shake that off. And she became friends with artists like Degas and other impressionists as well. And I'll, I'll just say that their influence can be seen in her work. And for Cassatt's resilience, I am a devotee. Um, so I, there's, a, there's a quote that she has uh, written and it really connects with your question. And it's, there are two ways for a painter, the broad and easy, uh, the broad and easy one and the narrow and hard one. So similarly, I, I talk about the easy path uh, uh, of divorce um, and that there is a, the harder path and um, the easier path. And so um, you already read the quote. 
And um, I think that the hard way deals with pain head on. You do the things that I described in chapter five, you attend divorce care classes, you, you seek out counseling, a professional counselor, you devour books on healing. On that path, it may take five years of healing. So in divorce care, they recommend to plan one year of healing for every four years of marriage. So I was married 20 years. That's five years of healing. And that's exactly you know what it took. So the point is you take the necessary time to adjust to becoming single again, mm-hmm. right? So the 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 advice here, I think, applies to our relationship with God as well. My mother, she always says serving God hard is easy, mm-hmm. but serving right. God easy is hard. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, the easy path of healing is usually the hardest one and offers little uh, emotional healing. Right. And we see people that are doing kind of things like the easy way. And, and when I think of that, my mind goes to those people that just want to find somebody else that just want to date somebody and get married quickly to the next person, because they think that that is what's going to kind of solve their problems and take away the loneliness. And, you know, and, and, you know, maybe sometimes those things work or those relationships work out, but I'm thinking in my mind, like, uh, that's probably not the best thing to do, even though it may be the easy thing to do to get rid of the loneliness. Right. Just just pause a little and, and learn to uh, be single again. And it's it's it's, it's not so bad. Right. It's not so bad. You know, it, it, <laughs> make it make it what it needs to be, you know, kind of change your perspective. And and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Right. Um, so, go ahead. Are you going to say something about being Well, I think it's like, how can we get to our new life if we're constantly reaching backward to that old life, the one that may perhaps God is trying to pull us away from. Mm -hmm. And that is true. Why we got to move forward. Yeah. To move forward. So important to move forward. So I wanted to talk about, um, speak of the shame of divorce and what that looked like for you. And I know that divorce is more common now than it was, you know, several decades ago, but I feel like maybe still, maybe in my mind, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe in the church and even in church circles, there is still quite a bit of shame that comes with being a divorce or ending a marriage that a 20 year marriage, you know, or any, any amount of time, but maybe especially when you have been married for that long. So can you Mm -hmm. tell me what that kind of looked like for you and what that felt like? So I uh, talked about shame in my chapter called Humanity, Jesus and Skin, and how we need to have people around us to help us through very difficult times to help hold us steady. Uh, Regarding shame, uh, it's just a good thing it's not the 1950s anymore. You know, we, we, um, even our church organization recognizes reasons for divorce. Uh, which is a huge relief. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Menard, he has a recent podcast on this subject, which I highly recommend um, anyone, everyone to listen to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But divorce can indeed be very shaming. And I found that I needed to reach out to recover fully. Uh, Brene Brown, um, she has some uh, some, uh, uh, things on shame that she says that shame happens between people and it heals between people. Hmm. And so by speaking out to save people, shame lost its death grip on me because 
yeah, you don't want your marriage to end. You don't want your family to break up, you know? Um, so I had found that connection was critical in time of loss and we need not walk alone. Um, as a divorcee, I adopted this motto. I will not walk alone. Mm -hmm. So listeners, if you are feeling shame or embarrassment of any kind, reach out to uh, what Brene Brown calls a shame resilient friend and they will be your balm. They won't gasp out loud and make you feel worse for wear. Uh, you know, you know, the friend that, mm -hmm. that just like, oh, okay. That it's, it's not that big of, of a deal, you know? So your slip was showing, you know, like, okay. Um, <laughs> it's just, they don't, they don't make you feel worse for wear, but you don't need to walk alone through any shame if you, if you are experiencing any shame or embarrassment. And it's really great that you mentioned that because, um, and you mentioned the quote from um, Brene Brown is that we break this, we break the stigma of shame. We break shame when we speak out, when we talk about it. Yeah. And I think that goes for anybody and, and anything really. And um, I talk a lot about mental health on this podcast and this kind of all kind of goes together, but the more that we talk about it, the more that we have conversations, the more that we break the shame mm -hmm. and we break the idea that, um, you know, that it's our fault or, or there's something wrong with us or there's something that went wrong when in fact, you know, we know, and God knows that that's not always the case, mm -hmm. you know, that there are different situations and that we don't have to carry the shame. And I like what you said, you, those people that, you know, tell you, you know what? Okay. Yeah. So you had stuff in your teeth, you know, or you're, yeah. it's all good. You know, it, uh, it's all good. You know, yeah, they so, don't make you feel worse. Right. Right. <laughs> now I'm thankful, definitely thankful for those people in my life because I know you are with yours. Yeah. Um, so going into my next thing, I wanted to ask, and you're, you are mentioning the shame, but what has been the hardest thing that you have had to deal with out of after your divorce? What has been the ultimate thing that has been the hardest to maybe let go of or forget or the struggle? Yeah. Hmm. Well, number one, we aren't taught how to fall out of love with mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'll just leave that right there. Uh, number two, I had to learn how to weather the storm and help others through it as well. It wasn't just my crisis, but it was my entire family's crisis. You know, my, my children were grieving loss of family unit, you know, family here is a bit of heaven on earth and our heaven air quote was crumbling. Uh, we were all experiencing loss. And then as a married couple, we were involved in ministry. So that changed for me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, truly it was hello, new life all caps, bolded, underlined, and screaming at me, you know, uh, how was I going to navigate this new life? So I went back to college and I devoured books on human resilience. I coined a new motto. I'm big into mottos for mm -hmm. each season of my life. I was happy before I will be happy again. Yes. And, and here's just a lighthearted piece of advice and something that I did. And it came from the book, how to survive the loss of a love is snack on milk and cookies before bed. The point <laughs> is, is to find ways to warm your heart in a crisis. Yeah. And that's, that's probably good for all of us. Like I, I recently lost a, my beautiful niece. She was 31 years old and it was a tragic death. And, and we're, we're back there again, you know, trying mm -hmm. to find ways to warm your heart in a crisis. Mm -hmm. And sometimes milk and cookies. 
Yes. This way, just yes. to do that, just to give you something to just kind of relax and unwind and just savor yes. in the moments when you need that strength. Immediate relief. Immediate you know? relief. Yes. <laughs> it's like sometimes you have to say, okay, what does Paula need today? Right now, it, maybe it's just a nap or maybe it's a, it's, it's, she's hangry. She needs food, but she's finding, hangry. yes, mm-hmm. finding out what it is that you need at that moment when you are, you know, in the, uh, the dark places of grief. And to be kind to yourself. That's one of the yes. things that I've heard. Um, and somebody that I've been working with counseling has counseled me for several years, well, maybe two years, years or so. But one of the things that she always tells me is Lorraine, be kind to yourself. I love that. And I think that that has really been the thing that has helped me. There's been many things that she has said that has helped me, but that has been the thing that has stuck with me. Be kind to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. And if you need the milk and cookies, this immediate relief, you do that. Right. (laughs) And it's okay. It's okay. So yes, I love that. Milk and cookies, guys. If that works for you too, you know, you do that. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to go into... Forgiveness, and you have a whole chapter on forgiveness in chapter six, and you made this statement that forgiveness is a daily process, and I think that in my own kind of studies recently um, and over the years, I think that sometimes we think that, you know, Jesus, he forgave automatically, and, and you mentioned, you know, the lady that and was caught in adultery, and the Lord just forgave her, you know, but sometimes because we're not Jesus, and we're not, we're human, it is a daily process. It's something that we have to kind of do continuously. So can you kind of just tell us more about that on your take on forgiveness and how you have been able to find forgiveness? Sure. Um, that uh, chapter on forgiveness was par- probably my hardest chapter to write. Uh, in the book, I say I'm no expert on this subject. I'm much more qualified to write the chapter holding a grudge. like you said it is a daily process and um, since I'm not an expert I borrowed from others in that chapter and particularly Desmond Tutu and his daughter wrote a book uh, the book of forgiving and Mm -hmm. in it he introduces the four four fold paths to healing ourselves and, and I love it one number one is telling our story there's healing and sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. I found healing for myself when I listened to your uh, beautiful story and, and your testimony podcast, Dr. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, it was beautiful. Um, then number two, it's uh, naming our hurt. What is it I'm feeling right now? And and name that thing. Oh, right. That's anger. Uh, uh, oh, jealousy is creeping in. Oh, right. That's grief. Hello again, grief. It's you again. Um, and number three, granting forgiveness. Um, uh, and and how I think about it, it's simply stepping away from resentment and into forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, number four, he says, renewing or release, releasing the relationship in, in my situation, I had to say goodbye old life. So the goal of forgiveness, um, and and in that chapter was, uh, it would be to forget to remember and endeavor to be like God, remember no more. So on those good days, let's, let's endeavor to be like our savior and just not, don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the beginning um, of anything that it, you know, anybody that has offended you do or hurt you, it's hard to not think about those things continuously because it's so fresh and so new. Um, but I feel like 
like you mentioned, as you going into this new life, hello, new life, you're moving forward. And so we're talking about, and you mentioned also the scripture about um, in Philippians, you know, forgetting those things which are behind. And so the more that we are going towards our new life, the easier it is to forget and mm-hmm. to let go yes. of the old stuff. Yes, and the old so things. necessary. Yes, it is because, like you said, how can in the analogy that you gave in the beginning, how can I move forward if the, if the person is pushing back other way, wants to come back this way in the revolving door? Right, like, I want to move forward. Can't you can't do it? You, you're stuck. Right. Yes, and we can be both of those people. Right, yeah. <laughs> going opposite directions, mm-hmm. and then we're stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't decide. Okay, no, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to. Yes. That's beautiful. That really is so beautiful that you're Thank able you. to to write that it and, um, and live it and understand it and, and help other people with that. Um, so you mentioned so many different things that you do, and this is kind of where I wanted to really get to is what are the practical things? Um, and you've mentioned so many that can help a person who has recently been divorced. And I heard you talk about grief care and, and the books, so, but what are the practical things that you would say, maybe the top five things of like, Somebody says, I recently ended my divorce. I, you know, recently signed the papers. Our marriage is over. What would you tell them that they would need to do practical things to move forward? Sure. I'm a list person. So I love that you said five things. So uh, (laughs) remind yourself that I was happy before. I will be happy again, that this Mm -hmm. is just a season. Um, Allow ample time to grieve because, you know, grief is love. Um, train yourself to stop remembering the hurt as we, as we just said, the incident, the day in court, you know, those are going to, it's going to be, uh, uh, you have to train yourself to not think about those, those times, but, and strain forward, as you said, to what lies ahead. Um, let's see, be perpetually awed by God and his creation. It's, it's, it's a good way to live. And I, I think of the recent revivals in colleges you know, if you hunger, these people are hungering. These people are thirsting after God and they, and God is showing up and filling them. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you seek emotional healing, the one who is near to the broken hearted will heal you. And I guess read books on human resilience. And I have a list of them in my book that uh, books that I read. And then you mentioned too, and I just wanted to add this too, that you mentioned going to a support group for people who have been divorced. And I think that sometimes we kind of overlook those things and we want to do it on our own, but you have said, I'm not going to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find those friends and those people. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this with the help of of others, which you have. And uh, I I love that you were able to do that. And you also mentioned too, that I just think is so awesome is that you were able to um, go in and uh, help out overseas in Scotland and you were able to connect with people there. And during this whole time that you were grieving, when I mean, you literally like changed all of your surroundings, um, you got it, you know, mentioned in the book that you uh, moved to another apartment, you move, I believe it was, you moved, moved cities, is that right? And then you went overseas to go help in Barcelona and Spain. Yes. And, and you did so many amazing things. So you literally just changed the old life and yes. went forward and made these amazing new memories. Sure. And it's not that everybody can do that in that manner, but Mm -hmm. you can uh, change your living room furniture around, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that can help you recognize, okay, this is a new life. Mm -hmm. And then in in doing so, um, in your experience, you were able to just connect 
with so many different people that helped you on this journey. You met so many amazing friends, some of them friends that you and I both have, so that we're both thankful for. Right. And that's what our church does. We help each other heal. So I wanted to ask you, um, as we're mentioning friends and family, and if they're asking, what can I do? Okay, my friend, I'm not the person that was divorced, but my friend just got divorced. What can you tell people who are wanting to know how to support individuals who are going through a divorce? What can they do other than just like show up? But is there anything particular that they can say or do or or help with that would make things easier for a friend who's going through this? First ask maybe what that person needs. Maybe it's just simple having a cup of coffee and and talking about her day and maybe talking about the lawyer and what they're going through. Um, Mm -hmm. Encourage them to attend divorce care classes. Uh, maybe offer to take their children for a couple hours, um, offer to cook a meal. They lost a person and they are at a loss, you know, small decisions like deciding even what to eat can be overwhelming. Remind them to eat, you know, offer to sit next to them in church. I I remember when I first moved to St. Louis, uh, the singles leader, she's like, I'll save you a seat. And she did. She saved me a seat. And um, just li- those little things like that can go a long way when you're really hurting and, and um, you know, um, confronting this new single life. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you find people that are going in the same direction and maybe in the same season that you are in your life, you know, and it's not so bad. It, it It's a lot of fun. And I have found that you know, even though I have never been married before being single, we always think sometimes about not always, but sometimes we think of it, it it is like, oh, you're missing a person. Oh, you poor person. But you know, that's, that's not the way it is. And that's not the way it has to be. Um, You can live amazing, an amazing life and do wonderful things and even do things that you couldn't do as a as a married person, not to mention, like, not to glorify, you know, divorce or, or not being married, but just there is a beautiful beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing to be able to do some of the things that maybe you wouldn't do or be able to do in another season in your life when the situation was different. Right. Well, writers of scripture can attest to that. Mm -hmm. Right. Single life. Absolutely. The apostle Paul, one of our best examples. So I wanted just to kind of close this out and I wanted to ask, um, how, first of all, that we can purchase our listeners can purchase the book, Hello Life. I know that I got it on Amazon. So if you wanted to look, but is there any other place that we can purchase the book? Um, sure, it's uh, uh, available on Amazon or PPH, or you okay. can connect to me on uh, Facebook and I can personally mail you one. Okay, awesome. So I didn't realize it was also on PPH, but yes, if you're looking for buying other books too, New Life, Hello New Life. Um, so I wanted to ask, what do you want our podcast listeners to know about finding healing after divorce? What would be your last kind of words that you would want to say that maybe you feel like we need to know about it? God really cares about broken hearts and he wants uh, to mend them. And he's giving us his, he has given us many resources to help us find healing. Um, I have noticed that some people never heal from divorce, choosing bitterness and anger over new life, air quote, quote, Like I like to say that you can be bitter or better, but either way, a transformation occurs. Hmm. That is so true. That is so true. Well, I have been so honored to have you 
and you have been such a blessing to me already and just reading your book and such an encouragement. So I know that anybody that purchased this book, um, Hello New Life, and that is going through a divorce, or if you are going to divorce, or you know somebody else who is, you definitely want to get this book because it will be a blessing. So thank you again, Sister Paula, and I have enjoyed spending time with you. So thank you to all of our listeners on the exchange. God bless.